Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students. So we talk a lot about distractions. You hear Parker talk about distractions. Ransom will talk about distractions. I will talk about distractions. There's a reason we do this is we feel like there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake every Wednesday night. That is truly the way we feel about the message of the gospel, that you students are here for a reason. Some of you, your friends have been courageous enough to invite you. Some of you came on your own. Some of you, your parents make you show up. Some of you are here. I don't know why some of you are here. Because some of you are genuinely here to simply be a distraction, which is ridiculous in my mind. But the reason I want you to pay close attention tonight is because I want to talk to you a little bit about Jesus in a different light maybe than you've heard before. What I love about that previous song and talking about God being a good, good father, people forget the humanity of God, the human nature that he took in Jesus. My favorite book in the Bible, if I were to pick one that it would be the only book that I would have access to the rest of my life, it would be the book of John. And the reason is this, I get to see more of Jesus interacting with humans and I get to see more of Jesus' heart in that book, I feel like, this is just my personal opinion, don't go home and say, hey, Josh said we can throw all the Bible away except for the book of John. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying if I had to take one book it would be the book of John. Because I love seeing the human side of God. And we see more of that, you guys, in the book of John than any other book. And so many of you in this room are brand new to church. Some of you are brand new to church tonight that are sitting in these chairs. Some of you are brand new as of like a month ago, maybe this semester, maybe the beginning of the school year. You wanna introduce yourself to this person we talk about, no better time than now to open the book of John and start reading. We are coming up on Resurrection Weekend where we're gonna celebrate the resurrection of the God-man, Jesus. Get to know this man that we're gonna be celebrating. The reason I love the book of John is I see so much of God's human side and how he loved people. I think we forget as followers of Jesus, that our job is to simply love people. We make it so complicated. We, we make it sound like if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, there's a list of things that you need to do. You've got to do this and this and this and this and be here for that and make sure and don't forget that. And yes, you got to buy an element shirt and this. No, it boils down to the fact that if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, I need to love people the way Jesus loved people. Anyone ever been in a situation where they've seen someone standing on a street corner preaching through a megaphone? Anybody literally seen that? Ever? No one? Am I the only one? I see a few hands. People are like going like this. I've always wondered how effective that is in proclaiming the gospel, in preaching who Jesus was. Because Jesus never took that kind of stance with people. The Jesus that I see in the book of John is the Jesus that puts himself next to people. And he listens. 
He puts himself next to people that are hurting, and he listens. He puts himself next to people that are blind, next to people that are destitute, next to people that are crooks, and he listens to their story. I went through this thing with our church this last year, you guys. I've, I've been through twice, once as a participant, once as a, as a facilitator. It's called a rooted experience. It's 10 weeks of reading scripture with the same group of people, reading scripture daily, praying together, serving together, having a prayer experience together, celebrating together. And, and the crazy thing about it is, if you read the Bible with people, pray with people, you're gonna grow and it's gonna change you. Uh, newsflash, it's earth shaking. Open the Bible, it will change your world. But what I wanna share with you is this. One of the biggest parts of those experiences was sharing my story and hearing other people share their stories. You guys ever look at the people around you and you make assumptions about what their story is and where they're from? You say things like, they got it easy. Oh, they don't know what it's like. You ever said that? You ever thought that? I wish I could be like them. Their life must be so easy. Oh, look at them, they think they're so much better than me. Who are they to say that to me? Man, if he looks at me like that again, I'm gonna punch him in the face. He's got no right to say that to me. Think those things, right, when we're judging people? The thing that I learned that I've taken away the most, there were two things. One is that God was wanting me to engage him daily in an intimate way, and that changed, changed my personal life. It changed the way that I approach God through scripture and prayer. The second thing, it's helped me to quit judging people. It's helped me to look at you differently when, when you're the student that's causing, constantly like vandalizing stuff here on Wednesday night. I look at you differently. You have a story. You student that is nothing but a pain in my butt on Wednesday nights, I look at you and I go, man, something must not be sitting right and they must really be hurting. You student that walk in here on a Wednesday night and you're all smiles, I'm smart enough to know there's gotta be pain behind there somewhere because real life has pain, laughter, sorrow, all of the above. It's helped me to realize that people have stories. And I don't know how often we take time to sit down and open our ears and listen to people's stories. And as I read the book of John, students, I'm convicted of that because that's what Jesus did. When Jesus was at a well in the heat of a day and a woman came up at a time of day that normal woman wouldn't be coming out to the well to draw water, she was obviously avoiding people because she was an outcast. It turns out that she was, she was like, like she was that lady in town that all the guys knew, if you know what I'm saying. So she was coming to the well alone. When she approached Jesus, what Jesus didn't do, he didn't point a finger and go, hey, look, woman, you got to quit doing what you're doing. Jesus sat and listened. He listened to her story. He addressed needs that she had, deep wounds that she had. He addressed those needs before he said, hey, by the way, you ought to change the way that you're living. And he said it gently. When Jesus approached a man at a pool that had been crippled his entire life, 
He didn't look down at him and go, hey, man, uh, so, so God's got your back. He sees you. You're good. He got to know the man engaged at a human level. Said, hey, man, you want to get better? And he healed him before he addressed anything else in his life. That is how Jesus flowed, students. He listened to stories. Jesus was a radical type of leader that we get to follow, and he's calling us to a radical life. Because there's two things about this that you need to hear in this room. Because some of you in this room are like, I'm not sure why I'm even here. The last thing I need is to feel more guilty about my sin. I, I don't need someone to drop a guilt trip on my head. To you, I want to say, we want to hear your story. And God wants to hear your story because God knows your story. And he wants to heal your story. And then some of you that are in this room, we overcomplicate this idea of living a radical life and reaching out to the people around us. We're going, well, Josh, I, man, I don't know what I would say if, if, if I would sit down and I would share who Jesus is with someone. What if they asked me this or what if they asked me that? And, and, I'm, and you know what Jesus is wanting to scream into your head? Hey, just love people. Why don't you sit down and have a conversation and love that person that you know is feeling so alone and isolated? Sit your backside next to them and listen to their story. That was my biggest takeaway of what God wants me to do is to realize that people have a story. So I've got a friend that I'm gonna invite out here on stage here in a little bit like really soon, so hint, hint, get ready. Um, get ready, fam. Uh, some of you might know who that is then. She might have just laughed. Um, I'm gonna invite her out here in a minute. When I first met, yeah, go ahead and come on out, Anna. Let's talk. I'm gonna tell them the story of how we first met. Hey, let's give it up for, for Anna. All of, all of you seventh grade girls that call her your coach, where are you at? Let's get a shout out. Oh, they're the ones that are always, they're the ones that are always loud in the back. You can, yell, you can yell at them later. I'm just kidding. They're not loud. So, so when I met Anna, here's the deal. Anna, do you recall what you were doing the first time that we met? Making coffee. You were making coffee back in city grounds, right? Okay. I don't remember all the details of us uh, meeting, uh, but I do remember I asked some casual conversation about, hey, my name's Josh, and you were like, hey, my name's Anna, and I probably asked something about uh, where you work. So where, where do you work? Wildcats. Aha. Yeah, got any Wildcats up in the room? Got a few? Why aren't they admitting it? There's more than five in here. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. So, uh, so when, I hear, when I hear teacher, but when I hear middle school teacher, the bells, the bells start going off because I'm like, man, this lady doesn't even know. I'm about... <laughs> I'm about to make her, like, she's going she's gonna to be a coach. And it might have been the first or second time that I, that I met you. And you followed up, like, hey, my name is Josh. And I said my name. You're like, sweet, want to be a coach. So I said, hey, I'm not going to make the ask yet, but you need to know that the ask is coming, that I really feel like 
uh, I really feel like you should be a coach at Element. It wasn't simply because you're a teacher. Something I saw about Anna, uh, there was a middle school girl sitting in the plaza. I don't remember who it was, uh, but she was sitting by herself. And I remember Anna coming from behind the coffee bar to go out and engage with this student and make sure that this student knew someone that was here. And I was like, holy cow, who does that? And like, that's when I was like, she doesn't even know it yet, but she's about to be a coach and she's gonna be good at it and she's gonna love it. Um, <laughs> so anyways, what, um, what I didn't, I did say that, but I realized that I needed to get to know Anna because there was a reason that she was just wanting to be at the coffee shop. So Anna, I wanna talk to you a little bit about your story, okay? So tell me about, uh, tell me about your, uh, give me the brief version of birth to fifth grade. Like, like try 30 seconds, because I want to focus more on middle school and high school. Um, I am a child of missionaries, so I was actually born in Guadalajara, Mexico. My brother was born in Guadalajara, so I'm just looking at. When we were old enough to go to school, so we were starting churches in Latin America. Um, we were old enough to go to school, our parents asked us if we could start churches in America, and we were like, okay. So we went to Florida, moved around a couple places there, um, and then like, we wouldn't stay there longer than two years. And then we um, were sent to California to build some churches, and yeah, I moved at least yeah, I was going to ask, how many different places did you li live that you can, well, that you can count from birth to 12th grade? 13? Yeah. All right, so think about that. And so uh, I remember the first time either I found out, someone told me or you told me that you were, you were the daughter of a missionary. I was like, okay, that means things. That's a part of her story. Like, yeah. Um, so talk to me about middle school and high school because the only thing that might be more difficult than being a preacher's kid might be being a missionary's kid. Yep. <laughs> Would you say it's the same, same thing? Same thing, just more U-Hauls. Oh, there you go. Same thing, just more moving. Um, so uh, what was middle school and high school like for you? So um, halfway through middle school, my parents actually stepped out of the ministry um, to allow my brother and I to grow up in one city for the first time in our lives. Um, and a chance to actually live next to family. We've never lived so um, that was pretty cool. Um, so uh, I'm so sorry that door was fixed. So I'm super comfortable. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 okay. I'll tell Rich. Okay. So I'm Hey, it's okay. I know. So, um, seventh grade history. They we finally grew up in one spot, but I went to a church um, growing up that was very all up in your face. All your friends go to church. You're at church all the time. I mean. It was just like, you know, you had something to do Sunday. All your homies go to church, you can hang out with them every day, they go to their school. It was all inclusive. And then I moved to a really small town. And so then I had to figure out how to make my relationship with God my own and not just a byproduct of the people I hung out with or the church that I went to. So being a Christian at a really cool church was really easy for me, um, especially at that age. But then when we left that, and I went to a really tiny group, and like the size of your guys' element small groups was like the size of my entire like squad. So gotcha. that was really tough for me. So, so tell me about like when you graduating high school, tell us about 
how you felt about God. Tell us about your relationship with God when you graduated high school, where it was at, yeah, all of that. Well, when I graduated, it was great. But before that, would you like me to talk about like turbulence? Sure, yeah. So um, I actually had a best friend die at 16. She had a super rare form of cancer. So it wasn't like she was here one day and gone the next. But I had to like watch her die in the course of several months. And that like wrecks you. Um, and so it also wrecked my relationship with God because I wouldn't understand like why, why? What is the purpose of this? Like, why would you take my best friend from me, of all people? Um, and so, God and I have kind of hit rock bottom for a little while. We were not on good terms. Um, and then, I kind of saw the good after about, I was like when I was a sophomore. So I finally was able to see the woman that I became because of it, um, and saw how much more love I could give people because you love, like, there is no tomorrow when you lose someone that close to you. Um, so I actually uh, was accepted to a Christian college, and I decided, like, okay, you're going to church and go Like, I was ready to just, okay, I can't just go to a Christian school and be halfway in. I needed to be all in. Uh, I needed to not just walk. Because I could, being someone who grew up in a church, I could give you all the right church answers. Like, if you, every Sunday school question, mm, A plus. I got wrong. Um, and I know that there's several of you who are like that, too. Um, it's really easy to just give people the right answer that they want. Um, but I knew that I needed to be the person I was pretending to be. So um, right before I went to college, I decided to get baptized. And so I worked with my family and talked with them and um, got baptized in the river. So that was pretty cool. It was like an outside showing the world, like, this is the woman that I'm going to be. And this is who I'm going to um, decide how to live my life forever. So it was really cool to make that commitment and it really helped me set the path for how I was going to be in high school, or in college and where my focus life. So that was really cool. So bring us up to that point of where I met you in that coffee shop. What were your thoughts prior to that about not just our church, but maybe the church and God? Where, where were you at that point in your life? Because like, to be honest, I felt like you were testing waters somehow. For sure. So, because I like went to a big church growing up, kind of larger churches, I mean, we got three services, we have a big church, okay, compared to the church that I grew up, you know, in my middle school, high school. So, I was scared of big churches, I didn't really trust um, that. I also was scared that my faith would just become based on other people, like, you know, my friends in Revive now that I have, or just whoever was there. Um, also, I... Just, I needed new friends, I was kind of a loner. <laughs> I didn't have, especially I didn't have um, the right friends. My friends liked to do bad things. And so I needed some people. But when I when I came to this church, I was really like testing it. Do people love, will, will I be loved? Uh, will people care about me? Um, and I, it wasn't until I decided to volunteer at the coffee shop where I made some good friends and those people started becoming the best of my life. And then I met this girl, her name is Cass, she's the bomb, and she invited me to get involved with Shameless plug. <laughs> um, she invited me to get involved with the And really, all it takes is one friend, like yeah. one person. And I barely knew her, I didn't even know her name, I had asked someone else what her name was later. She doesn't know that, sorry, but. Um, <laughs> so, like, we worked together at the coffee shop, and she was like, hey, you seem moderately decent person, you should come hang out at this group revive, which is like element, but for, um, and I was like, well, if you go, 
No, that isn't how you told me that went down. How did I say? You said, I'm coming full force at you. Oh, no, that was later. <laughs> that was later? That was okay, never mind. Oh, okay. So, girl, okay. Just so you know, it's coming. <laughs> so, no, you know, it really just was one caring person. And honestly, the same thing with Element with you was like, I don't know you. Like, you just yeah. came out to me and you seemed interested and you let me talk about myself. Um, and you actually, like, was active listening like you are right now, showing me that you care and then asking me probing questions. And I was like, okay, this dude seems to be interested in mine. Maybe I'll hear him out on this whole Element thing. So here's a weird thing about uh, being a middle school coach, being a middle school history teacher. A middle school history teacher at Walnut Middle School can't be super easy. Uh, but like, I'm, I'm guessing on a daily basis, you have the opportunity to engage with student stories to some level. So I'd like you to talk about the difference that it's made in your life not judging a kid by his grades or not judging a kid by what he has on, but, but taking, or whether they're an athlete, non-athlete, what club they're in, but, but actually going, I need to know their story. What difference has that made for you uh, both, um, both, yeah, I guess as a teacher and as a coach at Element? Yeah, for sure. I think it's so easy for us, um, no matter how old you are, to just judge Element for this Sitting down with someone for even a couple of minutes can really um, help you understand that person and really gain an empathy for that person. Like, oh wow, okay, this makes sense. Okay, like you don't need a master's degree in psychology to understand that people, their past and the things that they do on a daily basis deeply affect who they are. Um, and when I take a second to say, hey, what's up? How's it going? What you know? What are you into? How's your home life? You know, <laughs> asking those questions to a 12-year-old, um, I can really gain a lot of information from them, and it helps me not to get all frustrated, like, oh, that kid doesn't have his pencil, doesn't have his computer charged again, or doesn't have whatever he needs, didn't study for the test. Okay, well, maybe that kid didn't study for a test last night because his mom's in the hospital. Or maybe that kid um, smells really bad because their family can't afford to turn on the water and take showers. And, so as a teacher, I am able to be like, whoa, there is so much more to you people than I can just guess. And there's so much more to you than can tell me on a campus and grade, you know? Like, um, but I think that is true even for you as peers. Like, you look at someone and you see um, their, their shoes, like, oh my god, you're cool, because you have zipped shoes, right? Some sweet flops, okay? But like, whatever it is, if you're swag on point, yeah, that's that, that's that's uh, if, if you address cool, then you are cool. No, forget that. Like, you know that there's so much more to you than what you wear. There's so much more to you than what the activities that you're involved in, or whatever. But when someone takes that moment to get to know you on a personal level, you're like, dang, that person? So what are, we, what are we missing out on when we don't take the opportunity? What are these students missing out on when they don't take the opportunity to slow down, 
and listen to someone's story, what do you feel like they are missing out on? Well, first off, I'm missing out on potential super cool friend, okay, because <laughs> super cool friend. Um, that might have been one of the dumbest things ever, but I'm okay. Yeah, I, I would. Okay, fair enough. Um, you're missing out on potentially a great friend, but not only that, I think you're missing out on a perfect opportunity to be Jesus to someone else. Um, like, I can't, you know, you were talking earlier about just being that homie who stands on the street corner and goes, Jesus loves you! Okay, that's not going to work. But if I sit down and get to know you on a deep level, and I can slide right in and tell you about Jesus, and it won't even be weird. But if I bring it up to some rando, it's going to be weird. But if I have built that relationship with you, it's so great. Like, we were talking about this in Revive yesterday about how sometimes it takes laying the groundwork of friendship and respect and vulnerability and establishing that you really care about that you have to build that foundation first before you just like throw Jesus into the mix. Do you feel like, how do you feel like, um, holy cow, you see that clock? I bet they really have to go to the bathroom because they all leave at the same time after we get done. So, so here's what we're gonna do. Thank you, Anna, for sharing this with us. I, because I have to wrap this up. There's a million other questions I wanted to ask. I want to be like, you know, how do we overcomplicate mm -hmm. sharing the gospel, right? Yeah. And like, man, just being relational is simple. And like, where have you seen that in your own life? Tons of questions I want to ask. Uh, but thank you for sharing. For sure. And I'll do another awkward. Bless. Wait. Hey, don't forget about the people who are right next to you in your MySpace top eight. Like those people here. Did you say MySpace? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those people close to your life. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna. So, so here's what I want to wrap, wrap this up with tonight, students. I need you to listen very closely. The Apostle Paul said it this way. You heard it at the beginning of, the beginning of worship. He said, though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I become like one under the law, even though I'm not under the law, so as to win those that are under the law. To those not having the law, the lawless, I become like them, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I become the weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means, I might save some. You're hearing the heart of a man that said, I am willing to engage with humanity wherever God places me. Wherever God places me. I am willing to engage with humanity for the sake of the kingdom of God. Students, you have a story. Some of you in this room tonight, you have a story that God is desperately wanting to heal. And your coaches are desperately wanting to hear so that we can speak truth into that story. And for, the, for, those you, for those of you, you other students that would already call yourselves followers of Jesus, would you please take time to live a radical life, to listen to the stories of the people around you. Quit making it about you and being concerned about you saying the right thing at the right time in the right moment, just sit down, shut your mouth, and open your ears and listen. Father, you are a listener. You are a healer. You mend our hearts. 
Father, people will never care about what, how much we think we know until they know how much we care. That is, there's so much truth in that. And that comes from us being willing to listen. So Lord, I pray for those in this room that call themselves followers of you, that Father, you would give them the discipline to listen, the heart to listen. And Father, for those hurting in this room that feel like their stories can't, can't possibly be worth listening to, Father, I pray you would move them to be courageous enough to open their story to their small group tonight, to offer it, to see what you might do with that. Father, help groups to listen tonight without judgment. Help coaches to be wise with their words. Help us all to be open. It's in your son's name we pray. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students.